0: Welcome to Annie Bros episode 148, also known as Mobile Suit Annie Bros Part 3. Today the bros discuss 0083 Stardust Memory and Gundam Unicorn. So get ready to press stop because mech discussion is coming up next. Annie Bros. (laughs) We're here once again uh, as the bros, as the cousins. Um, You can go to our website at www.annibrospodcast.com. You can visit all of our fine friends' material at www.annibroscreative.com. Yeah, you can find us by Googling probably. (laughs) We're on all the fine receptacles of information like uh, Spotify and um, Google Podcasts and iTunes. Yeah, you we're know, everywhere we've always been there. We're not going away, as far as I know. And uh, it'd be great if you could listen and get those metrics up, because uh, at this point up. it's like we're talking into a void. And uh, all we five listeners, five listeners, They comment, they <laughs> comment, you're our, you're our only beacon.
1: I would say, we're like cicadas. We emerge from the, the muck every so you know period of time mm-hmm. uh and we scream mm-hmm. and then uh we go back away.
0: Well when you say go back away, are you implying that we die in <laughs> yeah, out resurrected. of the trees? And you know we
1: reinvent ourselves each time. Okay. Because this is now a Gundam podcast after all.
0: <laughs> That's true. We took a break from Gundam to uh talk about Eva, but now yeah, but now it was we're a back. Great episode. Uh we're back to talk about more of those big mechanized suits that um people love or hate
1: yeah i i hope people weren't like oh thank god they're back to talking about evangelion they're not talking about gundam anymore tricked you we're here
0: yeah surprise part three of our (laughs) uh always was planned to be a three-part series on gundam uh i think this time it won't be uh like 19 hours long probably don't quote me
1: not i mean we'll see i have
0: thoughts (laughs) yeah i mean there's no time limit here at annie bro studios we can record as long as we can talk which is a long time (laughs) so uh we'll see i think the listeners were happy we got comments on our last one thank you to everyone who comments again once again it's great absolutely It's great to not just be shouting into a void, to be like, um, do people download this or listen at all? Or are we just wasting our time?
1: (laughs) Oh, no, they definitely download. We're not wasting our time. It's about the friends you make along the way. We don't hate each other yet. That's true. Close. (laughs) (laughs) Not
0: (laughs) Not yet. yet. Uh, Right. (laughs) So, but before we talk about Gundam, let's uh, do our obligatory uh, beginning segment of what have you been watching? So, Ooh, what have you been watching? Oh. Uh
1: I watched Gundam today. <laughs> um uh-huh. but in all seriousness, um I I've actually been reading a lot lately. So I haven't been watching a lot of anime, which I know there's some good stuff out right now. Um and I feel bad cuz people are always telling me like, "Oh, you should check this out" or "You should finish this." And I'm like, "Yeah, I hear you, but" you know we just survived a pandemic and i'm not quite a, in anime fighting shape yet uh uh-huh. um well hold but on but i, I you did can, you can go ahead yeah.
0: and uh, speak for yourself when you say survived in the past <laughs> tense the pandemic here in Good the point. glorious nihon we are uh, still battling the pandemic so uh uh i would I'm appreciate i would appreciate your your uh i don't know what's like the equivalent of an ableist but for this situation <laughs>
1: Sorry, you're right. It was a very privileged position that I'm like, my country finally got their shit together and kind of figured it out. The, uh, the current strategy, which is working um, in a depressing way, is for states to offer lotteries uh, where if people have the vaccine by a certain cutoff point, they're entered into a cash prize lottery. So, for example, as an Oregonian, um, they are offering... Uh, a prize of a million dollars to one person who got the vaccine one person older than 18 who got the vaccine before i think the 7th like june 7th um, and then they're also offering a ten thousand dollar prize to one person in each of oregon's counties that got the vaccine before the 7th um, and then if you're under 18 there's like a scholarship mm-hmm. and this is all based on some other state that tried this and then their vaccine numbers like skyrocketed so all it takes is the fake possibility of winning money because <laughs> well, the odds on. are ridiculous
0: it's a real possibility <laughs>
1: yeah okay sure
0: <laughs> right i mean it's not a scam is it's a, not a fake possibility
1: that's where, where we quote ritzko and we're like it's a percent chance
0: <laughs> yeah but then you can directly turn around and quote Misato saying well it's not zero fair enough you're saying there's a chance
1: there's yeah um yeah so sorry i apologize you guys will get it together you're gonna host the olympics
0: Uh, (laughs) yeah i mean every day more protesters join the protest group of people who do not want the olympics here and uh, even
1: even asahi shimbun just the Asahi newspaper just sent did an editorial being like Hey, we should cancel these.
0: I feel like that's like not a small matter. Like when, because they're the official newspaper partner of the Olympics. Oh dang! Like they're like the top one. They're like the official sponsor of the Olympics, and uh, if they themselves are like, "Hey guys, you shouldn't be doing this," I feel like in Japan, <laughs> I think that's like yeah. a strong message. Huh. But that
1: is our fearless huh.
0: leader Suga is just like fuck <laughs> it, I don't care. I'm not going to be the prime minister, and like counting down here to about five more months. So I'm doing what I'm doing, whatever, whatever the, you know, conservative party wants me to do. I'm doing that. And then I'm going to get the fuck out. (laughs) Oh man. I think that's what he's, (laughs) what he's up to.
1: Yeah. I, I've checked out. I, I know that the pressure is mounting to cancel it and I think they should, but I also know that like the Olympic committee has like some crazy strong stranglehold on, on pushing it forward. Um, and also, cities don't like hosting the Olympics anymore, so it's going to be harder and harder for these things to happen because they just cost too much money. And the like, from my understanding, the Olympic Committee, um, also this is now an Olympics podcast. The Olympic Committee is like um, is like kind of like your your like super diva rock star that has like a giant rider on contracts where it's like we can only have green M Ms. Uh, there has to be three different types of bottled water. One of them needs to be Voss. I need a peeled banana, you know, cut by a virgin, like that type of stuff. And the Olympic Committee is just like that, where they're like, your city has to be like this. You have to spend this much money. You have to have all these things for us. And what do we bring? Tourism, apparently. And the prestige of having to, like, have thousands, if not millions of people in your city for, like, two weeks.
0: Yeah. Um, If you know anything about, like, I don't know, FIFA, and F1 mm. it's the same story again just like there's all that what you just said but i think like the, the driving factor is like corruption and kickbacks <laughs> yeah that's what gets oh, you dang. the olympic the olympics and so like what? if you're already in that corrupt like soup of all this mm-hmm. going down then it's really like not an option to cancel if you're the one who has to hold the bag if it gets canceled yeah
1: so um, or- <laughs> i just realized oh go ahead i was
0: gonna say they're fighting hard to like not have it be canceled because yeah the people who are invested in it who are not the investors i guess Mm -hmm. like want to see their returns that they were promised
1: yeah absolutely and i just realized we're like backing into the a a conversation about gundam i want to have later on so let's time out okay sorry (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> Let me answer. Uh, I'll go. I'll go back to the topic at hand. Um, the only anime that I've really watched uh, with any like I'm current with this is uh, your favorite, My Hero Academia. That's that's the one thing I can fit in because oh. it's kind of mindless. Uh-huh. It's not really mindless, but it's like a nice shonen break.
0: Yeah, uh, I used to have strong opinions about like. People watching bad anime and like why would you wa- waste <laughs> your time about this uh but i've realized something over the past couple of years like i don't care oh, P- people You're people can do whatever they want i don't care like watch your bad That's anime growth. nice good for you dude <laughs> uh i've gone opposite of elitism in my anime <laughs> fandom perfect <laughs> just like dude watch whatever you want i don't care <laughs> <laughs> this is growth yeah it's amazing what have you been watching uh so to go along with my newfound uh statement of of uh non-judgment my position of non-judgment toward watching whatever you want i uh decided really at random if listeners of the podcast will know that my uh decisions to watch stuff recently have been like wildly unpredictable and i think I'm, we must have touched on this uh i started watching naruto nice good old classic naruto i can't remember if i mentioned this on the last episode or not Uh, i
1: think we did briefly talk about the fact that you had been you had started naruto
0: yeah so i started naruto last time that was like what two months ago three months ago two months ago yesterday that was well you can't we cannot (laughs) no we cannot uh we cannot bullshit our listeners that (laughs) hard because the uh, last episode wasn't even released yesterday (laughs) 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 um but anyway so probably wasn't that far into it when we recorded last and i am happy Mm -hmm. to say that i finished all of naruto and all of naruto shippuden and i'm 100 episodes into boruto right now holy crap now with the caveat of i did follow a filler guide and skipped Hmm. filler episodes of naruto and naruto shippuden so that's what you have to do so i didn't but I can't I mean so then there's like, you know, a uh performance enhancing asterisk next to my record <laughs> of I didn't actually watch all of Naruto. I only watched Fair. the good parts.
1: Yeah. And that's that's understandable. I looked at that filler guide and I was like, Oh wow, there's just whole tracks of like almost entire seasons, um, or generally half of seasons where it's like This is non-manga canon. Yeah, there's like 12 episodes. I would do the exact same thing.
0: Of just like nonsense. Where I can imagine as a a watcher of it, when it was coming out, you're just like pissed off. You're just like, what? My whole spring now is, I'm not going to watch Naruto because it's just like, the the cliffhanger of the last season was like, you know, Naruto's about to get killed by this really important bad guy. And then like the next episode is like, let's flash back to a time when uh, they were like chasing some cats around the village. (laughs) for six episodes i'm like what no 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 i don't want i don't care about that uh i want to go back to the big bad fight where like the world hangs in the balance like that's what i was invested in
1: yeah Uh, that's awesome that's like and i know that we want to do like a whole episode on naruto um and i have started reading it nice uh, in the background but um i am curious like are you surprised by how much you enjoyed it or, or did you enjoy it? I guess is a good question. And then yeah, um, what's it been like watching it?
0: Uh, Good. It's been great because I think the last thing I watched, I don't even remember now. I've been kind of watching some nostalgic old stuff. I think I watched R- Roni Kenjin right before that. Mm-hmm. And it like got me in this mood of like, oh yeah, I remember when I was a wee lad just watching Shonen anime and wishing I could like power up and throw a shuriken around. Well, uh, I was like, there's literally nothing stopping me from, from watching Naruto.
1: Uh, <laughs> Hey, there's nothing stopping you from running around your house, charging up your shurikens.
0: That's true. Uh, that's true. I do We're find myself now. like making Naruto references to my wife, mm. which she's like, ha that's good. I understand that. <laughs>
1: uh, and she hasn't left you because of it. Right. That's a plus. So that's a
0: plus. Um, yeah i'll just be like man i wish i had like the byakugan right now so i could s- see through <laughs> this thing It'd be really good and helpful uh so things like that have uh come into the vernacular of my daily life um
1: how how frequently do you just go to like co-workers like believe it
0: <laughs> okay i don't do that because i didn't watch <laughs> the english version of naruto
1: good point fair enough
0: um so <laughs> there's the there's the, I don't say like weird quirks from from the anime. I just like think of possible solutions from like, man, if I had chakra, this would be much easier kind of things.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I could just walk over this wall.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's been good. The story of Naruto is great. There's some shaky mm-hmm. parts because it's a very long story. Yeah. So the middle is kind 700 of seven hundred episodes. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So there's some. Parts where I'm like, hmm, I don't know about this. And there's some writing quirks where I'm like, seems like he wrote himself into a corner on this one. <laughs> and there's some major deus ex machina to get him out of it. But otherwise, like the core ideas of the story are solid. And there are some good twists that I did mm-hmm. not expect that, I, that I'm like, oh, that was those good twists. Um, so it was it was really good, and Bordeaux is shaping up to be also good. Yeah, not as good, but good.
1: Hmm. I'm I'm a big fan, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about this in Gundam. Um, but I'm a really big fan of narratives that explore kind of the consequences of vanquishing the big bad or succeeding in your quest, and then what is life after that. Um, I think as I get older, I'm like, yeah, now that I'm, I passed all the milestones, I graduated high school, I graduated college, I got a job, I'm a working adult. What does that mean to succeed? And then, like, what is the rest of your life after you achieve that goal that you're set up to accomplish?
0: Uh, (laughs) well, I didn't want to, I didn't want to think about that during this podcast. Sorry. Uh. Cause yeah that is like that is the question maybe that's like part of the reason why i'm having this like this like before midlife crisis of watching like all these <laughs> old shows that i used to love when i was a kid yeah because i'm just like yeah i think about these kind of things all the time we're like what do mm-hmm. i do now <laughs> i did i did all the prep stuff and now i'm doing the life right but now what comes next exactly um, but
1: that's what's that's what i think is really cool about boruto is uh that's exactly what it is it's like okay this is the next generation and there's still these adults around so we at least get some insight into what's going on with them
0: yeah but i don't like the ultimate conclusion where it's like uh we have to leave it up to the future and i just like wait like if i'm naruto i'm just like well i was the most badass but now like it's all up to boruto because i'm not important (laughs) anymore even though I'm like literally only like 35 years old, <laughs> like, what? Uh, well,
1: that's like a- that's like ancient in an anime. In an anime, right? I know. I was, um, we'll talk about this in a minute. But I was like looking up characters in one of the Gundam series we're gonna talk about, and like somebody that I always assume was like 50, 39, <laughs> and I was just like, oh my god.
0: Well, yeah, like uh, like Bright, like Br- Bright Noah, good, yeah. good old 19 year old Bright where I'm like, oh, I thought he was, like, 25.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think, like, yeah. uh, back to Naruto, Kakashi is only, mm-hmm. like, 28. Yeah. In his, uh, like, when he's the mentor of Naruto and everybody. So I always thought he was, like, this grizzled veteran, but he's, mm-hmm. like, just, like, a in his late 20s. <laughs> uh, I, I will say, in, in Boruto, it's nice to meet um, Kono hamaru the little annoying kid you know from naruto Mm -hmm. who like pesters naruto and
1: yeah with the scarf right Yeah, with the scarf he's like
0: Uh he's like the kakashi of this era oh that's cool yeah so he's like the he's the team leader of boruto and his friends so damn that's awesome yeah it's cool it's cool
1: i didn't make it that far into boruto i think i read like maybe the first chapter
0: yeah it progresses like in a similar way to naruto like uh i haven't gotten to any time skips yet but there will be time Mm -hmm. skips and like it's like naruto where like it's a slow burn story over time Mm -hmm. of him like learning lessons and becoming mature so uh it's good it's 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 good it's telling it's telling the same story as naruto basically and like teaching these lessons to kids who are watching the show uh so that's that's good uh I wanted to just make a quick... This, so basically, mm. that's all I've been watching, aside from okay. Oishimbo on occasion. Right. And uh, I, I want to say, though, that last night, I on, on TV was an episode of The Newest Pokemon. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, we were watching that. <laughs> and first of all, what well, I'm so surprised how Pokemon can still be like as popular as when we were kids for the current Mm -hmm. kids. Like, how is that possible?
1: It never goes away. It never
0: goes away. And it's just as like, kids are just like, yeah, Pokemon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, what, how is that? (laughs) It's just like, exactly. It's literally like Mickey Mouse. Like it's just as popular and the same exact popularity. Absolutely. Uh, and the second point I want to make is in this episode that I didn't watch the whole episode, but we just flipped to it and it was on. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh ash and gary bffs like smiling and laughing and hanging out and having a great old time together Hmm. and i was like what's this suspect like (laughs) like what's what like who i was like who is this guy first of all because he looks like yeah he looks like gary Mm -hmm. but he can't can't be because he's like not being a dick and he's like cooperating with everybody and helping out and uh nope it was and that's just Weird. how they are now so i guess the messaging has changed since our time about mm-hmm. what a rival should be i ge- yeah i guess you're supposed to cooperate with your rival now and just like be yeah. on great terms I, and not be trying to strive to beat them i don't know
1: right it's it's really interesting because and i feel bad um like if you play pokemon sword and shield um your rival in that game is essentially your best friend and he's just worse than you like you go through all the same stuff and he's like constantly kind of crapped on by the game uh even though he's the younger brother of like the league (laughs) champion and he's totally were he not like handicapped intentionally by the narrative of the game he would just be as good as you if not better Uh, and it's like oh why can't we just have like somebody who gets there first and is proficient and doesn't have to like be kicked around
0: yeah uh that's like the classic rival maybe like everyone's just sick of that like Mm -hmm. archetype and stereotype and in a show i can see that because like you know uh what got me thinking about this was um in naruto like sasuke is that kind of character Mm -hmm. to naruto right and so he has like an rival that he's trying to be like uh, boruto also doesn't have that which isn't a modern show oh there's no big strong guy that he's mm-hmm. trying to be like there's oh he's obviously trying to like m- measure up to his dad naruto mm-hmm. but that's it like there's no like peer that's that's his rival
1: oh well, that's crazy so
0: i'm just like is that like not a thing anymore do you- i don't know i don't watch I don't watch new kid animes. So I don't really know, but, um, I'm tr- in, in my hero
1: academia, which is like, I, I'm, I'm highlighting it because it's the most popular anime right now. Um, the main character Deku does have a kind of rival Bakugo. Um, but at a certain point in the story, I mean, there's still rivals and competitive, um, And there is general rivalry throughout the world of My Hero Academia because, like, heroes are ranked. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is a certain point where Deku and Bakugo just have it out. And then afterwards, there's kind of, like, a mutual understanding about their drive for to be successful in different ways. Um, So I think, as a whole, there is this kind of maturation of people being, like, uh, we don't have to measure our success compared to someone else. We can be successful in our own way. Um, but it does kind of like then there's not like that that kind of uh stone to sharpen yourself against. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting like that. I
0: feel like it's a super cop out bullshit thing <laughs> that like this this modern woke culture has spawned. <laughs> okay no okay not, grandpa not that strong i, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't feel that strong right. about it but it's it's kind of like i feel like it is like a little bit of a cop-out like what what are you gonna do like yeah. you you're just like well i can't win so mm-hmm. i'm just gonna like do something else like what yeah no that's dumb I. <laughs> yeah and i
1: think that like um in the in the deku versus bakugo thing it's kind of a Bakugo understands the limits of Deku's abilities, um, so.
0: What kind of show in anime the... has limits to abilities? What do you?
1: <laughs> I just mean like he's. I mean, you, you really have to understand. I don't want to spoil my hero for somebody who hasn't watched it, but like, Deku as a character is developing his hero trait um, in a different way than everyone else because he doesn't come by it naturally. Okay. Um. So, like he's not at 100 percent yet and bakugo technically isn't either because he's still learning how to use his quirk but he's he has access to the full potential of it um and there's just different uh, it's complicated but like they don't go as hard as rivals like there's not as much like um putting each other down like bakugo will make fun of deku and bakugo was like the school bully to to deku but it like mellows out over time and they come to an understanding. So it's kind of like what's being put forward and and modeled for kids is like, yeah, you might have been shitty in in the past, but you guys can work to resolve your differences. Um, And then they reserve like the real, not necessarily rivalry, but competition for the antagonist. Like, okay, we're going to make, we'll just focus all this on the bad guy. Mm. Um, But it's interesting to hear that in there's no like Sasuke to for Baruto, for Bolt Bolt <laughs> Boruto
0: Boron <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, dumb name. I, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. I am used to hearing it so much now that I'm like whatever, fine. Yeah. I, but I accidentally keep calling him Naruto because it's just freaking Naruto. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he's it's just the same.
1: I found um, I have, for some reason, uh, a Naruto headband. But I think maybe we were, like, cleaning up after some panel and it was, like, left on the table. And so I just was like, oh, take this and see what's, see if I can find who it belongs to.
0: No, you're going to take this and put it on when no one's around. and for, I, I'm Yeah, I'm wearing it right now. <laughs> I, yeah, I do it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wear it whenever I record. Uh,
0: I will say that um, a, char- a change in the times that I can mark uh, with the mm-hmm. Japanese youth uh, based only on Boruto and not because I know any youths <laughs> is that uh, everyone likes burgers now and they think ramen is dumb and antiquated. What?
1: <laughs> These kids.
0: All the kids in b- They know Boruto, how good they've got it? They <laughs> they don't. Uh, the, they, they go around, or they always hang out at the burger shop and eat burgers all the time. And there's an episode where, naruto like wants to bond with boruto so they're like do you want to go get something to eat and he's like whatever fine so naruto takes him to the the ramen stand you know the ramen mm-hmm. stand which is now evolved right. into like a ramen chain around all of the village <laughs> yeah but uh he goes there and he's like yeah i used to come here all the time and boruto's just like what like what kind of food is this like what why would you want to eat this like what are you 90 years old <laughs> <laughs> and Listen, kid. Boruto's just like god damn it, I hate you so much. <laughs> but then Boruto eats it and it's just like super tsundere about it, like, oh yeah. You know, oh, like nice. It's not that good, but like it wasn't terrible.
1: <laughs> of course. Should we dive into the main course? Yeah.
0: So anyway, enough of enough of that. Let's let's go yeah. let's go into Hold the
1: that. I need to get set up one second. Oh okay. <laughs> we're going to talk about gundam i need to be prepared okay now we can do this because i've had some revelations and seen some shit
0: wow Uh, i guess we're not we're not joking around anymore
1: (laughs) no we are not because this is part three of our discussion on gundam
0: what so what have you seen <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> um in just as a quick recap for listeners in case they didn't um have the stomachs to get through our i think pushing four hours of past gundam content mm-hmm. um laven and i went on a journey to watch everything that's kind of canon in the universal century timeline for the gundam franchise um And, you know, we talked about the original Gundam, um, the Gundam, the origin, which tells the story before the Gundam uh, series. We talked about Zeta Gundam, uh, which is kind of the next big installment in the franchise. And then I believe we discussed Double Zeta. You, You told me a bit about Double Zeta. Yeah,
0: a little bit. It's kind of the yeah. the dark, the the uh, <laughs> black sheep of the of Gundam, but yes, I think we we, yeah. we we briefly talked about the overall plot points of it.
1: Yeah, and so we've covered these big, sweeping events uh, and Char's counterattack, uh, kind of one of the one of the end points, um, for the Gundam UC timeline. Um, and there's two big missing pieces of it, and so what we're going to talk about today is Mobile Suit Gundam. 0083 stardust memories Mm -hmm. Mm uh and gundam unicorn
0: yay i'm so excited yeah me too (laughs) i've always i wanted to hear when i was editing the other episodes i'm just like i really wish we talked about those other two (laughs) but now we can so great yeah
1: and we're gonna do this in order like i have some big revelations to make in this episode um but I think we should talk about 0083 first um, because it comes first, and it comes first on the timeline, Mm -hmm. and Gundam Unicorn is really currently the capstone on the UC timeline. Yeah. As Um, soon
0: as Hathaway Flash comes out. uh, Oh, I'm excited. Well, it keeps getting delayed, so maybe it'll never come out.
1: (laughs) So um, Mobile Suit Gundam 0083 Stardust Memories is an OVA, uh, an only video animation um gundam series that was released in 1991 uh through 1992 it was it was may 91 to september of 92 um which makes it older than us just just by a hair yep um but it's really it's like kind of our it's it's us (laughs) uh it's kind of an interesting observation yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's it's getting old uh I, yeah. <laughs> I like. I, I don't. You know. I obviously don't believe in astrology, but there's something. Mm-hmm. There's something magical about these kind of this animation period and shows from mm. the like around the time we were born that are my absolute mm-hmm. favorite. Yeah. And I don't know why, but they're just there. like the best. Yeah. <laughs> so some something about being born under in this era like makes us gravitate toward all these shows that we that we wouldn't right. have been able to see because we are literally infants. But uh, we yep. can watch them now, and you're like, why is it so good at this time?
1: It <laughs> <laughs> just resonates with yeah. us. So um, we talked about... So Mobile Suit Gundam takes place in the Universal Century uh, 0079. And Zeta Gundam takes place, uh, I believe, starting right around 0084. 87. 87. Okay, so it takes place four years after um, 0083. And a kind of a theme of what we're talking about today is there were these big chunks of important things that were done in kind of the uh, quote-unquote original run of Gundam, done under the series creator uh, Tomino. Um, and then there's also some gaps, some like really important gaps in the story, um, specifically in the case of um, the original Gundam run to zeta Gundam there's kind of this really big shift where the federation goes from being just kind of like um, neutral n- not necessarily neutral but like I'm trying to think of the right word they're they're very secure in their power <laughs> so they don't want anything to change um, which means you know for good or bad they don't want disruption and then zeon the the zeon forces come in and they disrupt the power balance and that go that triggers the one-year war um and so the federation is kind of like neutral on a back foot in that time um and then in zeta gundam they're the bad guys they're like it's like hogan's heroes like are we the bad guys (laughs) like yes um the and but the shift is like what happened and it's kind of like off camera. We know, oh okay, something happened and the federation decided decided to create the Titans to hunt af- to hunt down um Zeon forces and now they're like way too aggressive. They're killing colonies, they're doing all this bad stuff and like they've gone off the rails. But what caused that? Mm-hmm. And that's what Gundam 0083 is about is like the situation that set up the kind of bad forces within the federation or the the extra bad forces in the federation to um to really grab the reins and take over right um and so we got this series it's a a 13 episode ova um it started out the first seven are directed by um Someone named Mitsuko Kase, who I couldn't really find other works they did. They, they've done other directorial and storyboard works, uh, and they've done some other Gundam stuff. They worked on 08 MS Team, um, so they're kind of in the Gundam club. And then the latter half, episode 8 through 13, uh, is directed by Takashi uh, Imanishi. Imanishi. Hmm. Um, and he also directed a lot of the Origins, which I think is important here, um, because that's another gundam series that deals with the history um and how things are triggered or how things are started um what are your thoughts well <laughs> i guess we should summarize the story um yeah do you so go ahead <laughs> okay <laughs> um and you're gonna have to help me fill this fill in some stuff that i'm i'm gonna kind of like
0: yeah no problem but y-
1: hand wave yada, yada yada um but essentially um, there is a, a group of gu- um, mobile suit pilots federation pilots that are training in australia mm-hmm. um, and their base receives like a a ship comes in because they're going to do some weapons testing for this new set of gundams the gpo uh, the gp-01 and the GPO 2 a and what is kind of weird about this is that the gpo2a is set up to fire a nuclear warhead uh, which is strictly forbidden under the antarctica treaty yeah yeah uh and so um the you know anaheim sends these new prototype gundams to australia for testing and when they're there and conveniently after the the GPO-2A has been loaded with a nuclear warhead. Uh, some remnants of the Xeon forces led by this guy named Gato uh, sneak onto the base, take the GPO-2A, and escape. And so the story of 0083 is the pursuit of Gato and the GPO-2A by um, a kind of a ragtag group of Mobile MobileZoot pilots, commissioned um hastily. to take the ship that what was that
0: commissioned hastily
1: <laughs> yeah hastily <laughs> like extremely hastily um to chase after gato while he's on earth and then when he finally launches into space to pursue him and track him down and try and get the nuclear warhead back because federation's not supposed to be messing with nukes and now th- some rebel Xeon forces have it yeah um and so, you know, there's some great characters in eighty three. Uh the main character is um Ko Ibaraki, uh, who is a young kind of pilot trainee. Ko Co- um, Uraki. Uraki, sorry. Uh yeah. Uh, I think he's an ensign at the start. Um then, you know, there's his commanding officer <laughs> South Burning. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: (laughs) who who is the person i alluded to earlier who um has the appearance sincerely of like a 50 year old man uh and it turns out he's just the ripe old age of
0: 39 yeah well he seems some shit dude like i mean (laughs) he's old enough to be like like in the prime during the one-year war yeah so very true So like i don't know i probably aged him like 10 years in a single year uh
1: Co's kind of wingman um f- best friend is a guy um he has two la- two first names <laughs> uh or I guess he has a first name and a last name but they're both first names. He's a uh, is it Chuck yeah, Keith? Chuck Keith. Yeah, Chuck <laughs> Keith. <laughs> the best name um, ever. <laughs> <laughs> he is They couldn't pick. He's
0: the guy. He's he is g- Goose for all intents and purposes.
1: Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 100%. Um We'll definitely talk about that in a second. There, he is the
0: most fighter pilot name possible.
1: Chuck Keith, Yeah,
0: American <laughs> badass. Chuck Keith. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: and then... Um, so, with Anaheim delivering the... Um, I should probably explain for the audience. Anaheim Electronics is, is one of the major manufacturers of weapons uh, in the Federation, and... For Xeon forces, they play both sides. They're a weapons dealer or an arms dealer, mm-hmm. um, and so they send Nina, uh, Nina Purpleton, with the GPO one and GPO two A, because um, she's kind of like their chief system engineer. Um, and so then she's there as well, and she helps pursue them. Um, there's a bunch of great other characters. Um, there's three these three guys that are really. I mean, I think in retrospect, I can look at them and be like. So they're Gundam, pi- or they're mobile suit pilots, and they, they really don't like Co. And they're kind of rowdy, but they're also like soldiers that probably survived the one year war um, and lost people. And so they're kind of uh, messed up. Um, there's, you know, mechanics and stuff. There's a whole crew because it's a Gundam show. Um, you didn't know some, you don't get to know others. Uh, and then kind of on the opposite side, you have um, Gato, who's the who was a soldier um the nightmare of Solomon um during the one year war um but he right near the end um before one of the major climactic battles in the one year war he escapes uh, to be kind of like a to to live to survive that fight to to fight again another day and then he reemerges in this to bring glory back to the Zeon forces mm-hmm. 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 Mm-hmm so you alluded to uh chuck keith being the the goose of 0083 um you made a really cool observation to me when i was watching this about w- kind of what mo- what movie is this like?
0: this is top gun this is anime yeah. top gun with gundams <laughs> uh top gundam if you will top gundam uh it's 120 percent just like these directors just watched Top Gun and they're like, we're doing that. <laughs> we're doing that here now with Gundams because the soundtrack, it's just like the most Kenny Loggins rip off music possible, like just guitar solos and like eighty synth and just like cool, cool ass uh, dog fighting and like all yeah. this kind of thing. It's just Top Gun. 100%. <laughs>
1: yeah absolutely and i i think that's the best way to describe 0083
0: like especially Um, like you alluded to those three those three pilots who come uh yeah they're like just the most stereotypical like u.s navy pilots from the 80s they're just like kind of degenerate guys who are super jockey and yep uh like, they all have camaraderie with each other because they fought. They're, like, yeah, they're, like, Vietnam veterans who are now, like, mm-hmm. instructors at a Top Gun school. Like, that, that's their vibe. Yeah. Like, they're,
1: they're oh, really, totally. like,
0: they're just, like, macho guys who are, like, sexist mm-hmm. and strong, and they, like, joke with each other, and that's that's their thing. You're just, like, a stereotype, yep. walking-talking stereotype of fighter pilots, basically.
1: Yeah. And I have to say, um, a lot of... If, if you look at Gundam stuff, you'll, you'll start to hear people joke about, um, like, Gundam names, which are tend to be absolutely ridiculous. Um, and so these, this group of three pilots, there's Moncha uh, and um, Chap Adel, And then the, the third guy, his name is Alpha A. Bates, uh, which in Japanese is Arufa A. Beto.
0: <laughs> so his name is Alphabet. Yeah. What a good...
1: <laughs> oh, poor guy.
0: It's fine. Alpha A Bates does sound yeah. pretty awesome though.
1: So it's pretty good. It's a good name. It's a good name.
0: They're all awesome. All the names in this, specifically this one, are great because they're like, let's yeah. do regular Gundam names but with the you know 80s action movie twist. <laughs> it's it's yeah. cool.
1: Um I don't want to give too much away about the plot because I I really like the story in, in 0083. Um I think the key thing to know about it and how it factors into the gundam timeline is that you know zeon forces are they escape with the nuclear weapon and they use it um to do some real damage and they also attempt a colony drop in the process um are they successful with the colony drop they stop it
0: um they they do well who is they? It is stopped. Stuff happens.
1: <laughs> it is stopped, yes. Um, and so, like, Xeon is v- scary in this, because the Federation thinks, oh, we've won, we're victorious, we've mopped this all up, and then just a rebel group, but not even a large group of Xeon forces, causes some serious damage.
0: The Delos Fleet. They're pretty... Yeah, the I mean, they are fleet. a fleet. It's not, it's not a tiny group.
1: Yeah. But it's not the whole Zeon army. No, like because they've been decimated. But yeah, um, yeah, I guess that's a that is an important thing to point out that Gato is not uh, in charge of. He's not like the actual leader of the forces. Yeah, he serves under DeLaz,
0: who DeLaz looks like. If you've ever watched, I don't know, a U boat movie. <laughs> he's like every u-boat captain that's what he looks yeah. like yeah uh but he's actually a good a good person i feel like
1: he- yeah so this is and this is where we're going to start seeing a theme um because throughout gundam 0083 w- this is where it really starts to blur the lines in terms of what is right what is wrong who is actually on the the side of good who is you know bad and like we we talked about this in our first in our first two episodes about Gundam but like you know as a kid i would want to be like oh there's right there's a right side and a wrong side to this and like the federation clearly just because of how they dress and they're the protagonists of these shows so what they're saying is they're the good guys um But it really gets more nuanced than that and it's like well you have to look at what these soldiers are fighting for and what their motivations are um and it gets really hazy in 0083 because it turns out the plot isn't as simple as we've stolen a nuclear weapon and we're going to use it like there's backstabbing and double crossing and you know the Federation isn't cl- doesn't have their hands clean in this effort, and you know was were they allowed to steal the the Gundam, or was it should it have ever been sent there and stuff like that? Um, it gets really murky, right? And like when you hear kind of the Delaz motivation or Delaz's motivation, and you know there's another major Xeon player, um, uh, Shima, um, who kind of is a leader of another group of former Zeon um, and what, what she's doing with Anaheim and what she's doing with the Federation. uh, There's just a lot going on where it's like, oh man, no one's clean in this, but like, still we get so much more exposure to the day-to-day soldiers and how they're being played by the people in charge, the, the, the commanders and the, you know, rulers of these forces. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like their destiny isn't their own, and they're kind of being used to a large extent. Um, well, and a big. Mm, go on. I was gonna say, in a big piece of the of the kind of um, latter half of 0083 is the Albion, which is the ship that Cohen, um, the Federation forces are on, that's pursuing um, Gato and the GPO Two A. Um, like they go rogue. Because they kind of disobey orders to go and get a new Gundam to finish the job. Um, and so it's like, in order to do the right thing, they have to disobey their orders and, you know, go with their own.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I feel like the only people who... I feel like the Zeon Remnants uh, do know what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. they... Aren't being really used. I feel like Delaz is like totally open with their plan <laughs> <laughs> to to them. So they're just like, yeah, we trust you, boss. We're we're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's only uh, Shima who like kind of fucks it up. But uh, the people directly under Delaz are like, I don't know. I I didn't really find any yeah. fault with them. They know what they know what the stakes no, totally. are. They know what they're doing. They're they're like they're kind of like. I don't know, eco terrorists essentially. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, "Well, we're going to steal the nuke and we're going to expose the nuke to everyone." Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. it kind of sucks that we have to use it, but like that's uh, Shogunai.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and they're like I think there's so many really fascinating parallels between um these two Gundam entries and uh metal gear solid 3 snake eater oh yeah in terms of like the loyalty of soldiers um and you know what are they ultimately meant to serve or who are they meant to serve and what you know what what do they owe to their nation versus their comrades um just a lot of like bonding in it
0: and Uh, this goes all this like uh also (laughs) is a large like super big theme in Naruto. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> toward the end, like it gets like just like this.
1: <laughs> mm. Interesting. Like, oh, I like, can't wait. What to does to it have mean to be a shinobi?
0: Like, who are you actually protecting? <laughs> like they <laughs> they get into that territory. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, so it's all it's all full circle here.
1: <laughs> and so, I think people should definitely watch 0083. I think it absolutely holds up. Um, being a 30 year old series at this point yeah Um, (laughs) the animation is phenomenal it is really good Um, the mech designs um, were done by Hajime Katoki and um, Shoji Kawamori and Kawamori worked on Macross, which you can kind of see a little bit in the design work Um, the lines are a little curvier
0: yeah, you can always tell when it's Kalmori. <laughs> His yeah. stuff is like <laughs> 80s mech. <laughs> if yep. it's an 80s <laughs> mech, it looks like that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um the you know, I imagine if people folks might not know the name GPO2A, but I guarantee if you've seen Gundam stuff, you've definitely seen uh this big it's boy. It's big boy Gundam. A, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Carries a massive shield, a giant bazooka that fires a um tiny nuclear warhead it's
0: just, yeah you know it's like the davy crockett
1: <laughs> it is that's i was just about to say that <laughs> there's another similarity between 0083 and snake eater it's
0: almost as if like all this japanese media has some kind of thing about nuclear technology <laughs> huh. they have something to say I about what that's it about <laughs> yeah it's a very good point um yeah, it's a good show. It's my favorite Gundam, probably. I don't know if that's mm. true or not, but it's something I like to say. It's mm-hmm. one, it's it's in there in my top. I don't know if it's actually technically better than Zeta. I mean, no, it's not. Yeah. But uh, the style, the, how it's stylized, is my top number mm-hmm. one favorite. I love this like cheesy ass fighter pilot thing, like Top Gun. Mm-hmm. So I love it. It's yeah. just great.
1: Yeah, the action is phenomenal. Um some really great fights in it and throughout, both on the ground and in space. Um, it's it's more contained than the original Gundam series or something like Zeta because it's short. It's, it's not too short. You know, it's 13 episodes, but it was an OVA. So it's like a little bit more methodically paced and um, there's some fantastic episodes. I think an episode I think about all the time um, is when uh gato is trying to escape earth with the gpo2a so he seeks out a a remnant group of Xeon forces who have been hiding in a diamond mine yeah um to launch his shuttle and like these soldiers know that an advanced like a superior fighting force is heading their way but they sacrifice themselves to make sure that their comrade can escape and kind of keep the fight going for the cause um it's so it's so good yeah
0: uh, I I really love the sequence where, with like the small story arc where the uh, amputee guy is in, mm-hmm. uh, uh, in Kelly. Kelly, he's in the space colony and he's like a junk junk yeah. dealer, and he's like, you know, he wants to join rejoin the fight. So he's fixing mm-hmm. his mech single handedly, his mobile armor yeah. to be able to be piloted by one hand, and he mm-hmm. like helps the main character. And they're like, even though we're on different sides, like the fight isn't right now <laughs> you know yeah pretty and they pretty cool
1: yeah they recognize in each other like oh we're soldiers you know yeah but we we want to get this job done and we're going to meet on the battlefield and one of us is going to walk yeah, away. yeah it's
0: like the mutual uh, admiration for like you have like whatever your set of ideals are like your, like your integrity and character like is allowing you to fight for those things and that's like Mm -hmm. where the respect is like you're doing what you have to do for your thing you believe in and like yeah you can't fault someone for that even though it's the the thing i believe in but i'm gonna fight for mine so whoever's (laughs) whoever's better is gonna get their thing they Mm -hmm. want
1: so good and he pilots a really cool mobile armor he does his story
0: is really sad but uh
1: yeah (laughs) it really is can you do it's all sad like Gundam is just sadness Gundam is sad (laughs) it really is I I've come to realize that following anything set I mean even stuff like in the origin set before the one-year war but anything set after the one-year war is just sad like and I feel like it's this commentary on you can't have people that live through a major conflict like a world war and have them be okay they're not gonna be okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is a great segue to the other piece in the gundam kind of canon so gundam 0083 bridges what happens in gundam to the changes in zeta uh and that's a really key story moment in the in the uc timeline uh and then at the end of the current uc timeline we have this series called Gundam Unicorn or or technically it's Gundam UC and then the way you're supposed to pronounce UC is Unicorn. Um it's a it's a series um boy I want to say it's an 8 episode series.
0: Is it 8? 6 plus 2. So yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah. So I think it's a it's an 8 episode series. It's all directed by Kazuhiro uh Furuhashi um who you will recognize because he directed the Samurai X OVAs, yeah. and he actually directed a lot of Rurouni Kenshin. Nice. Um, and then I also want to note that he was the director for the anime adaptation of Get Backers.
0: Just I had figured I that used to have there. a DVD one <laughs> of, yeah. you know, back in 2002 <clears throat> <clears throat> when you could buy when to watch a 26 episode series, you buy uh I don't know double one double DVD. the amount of DVDs you had to actually buy. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, so Gundam Unicorn is adapted from a novel series by an author by the name of Harutoshi uh, Fukui um, I didn't really recognize anything else he did but um, I think I definitely wanted to highlight that they're adaptations from novels because th- each episode is like a mini movie um, they're an hour plus in length yeah. and cover a lot of content this, this um, is my
0: favorite format for gundam i think yeah it's so good
1: yeah i i think all gundam should be long form like give them as much time as they want yeah
0: (laughs) i agree
1: um so gundam unicorn was released um, between march of 2010 and june of 2014 um there's a lot of love and care and money put into every episode of this series and um like we mentioned they're long episodes so they were released at a, like kind of a stretch. There was a lot of time between each episode. Right. Um, and, man, alive is this show beautiful?
0: I like, I know. <laughs> it, it's so it's, pretty. It's. <laughs> I mean, I was. I thought that back when I watched the first one. Which when did the first one come out? Twenty ten. Twenty ten. I remember. Back in, like my high school times, watching this like. Oh this show is really good. Yeah. But then, you know, it as you said, it took so long to come out. Um mm-hmm. between episodes. I haven't f- I didn't finish it until l- last no, this year, when, like right before we were wrapping up our mm-hmm. original watch session for all the stuff. Yeah. Uh <clears throat> I just lost track of when the episodes were coming out, so I had had only watched the first couple mm-hmm. and then I'm like, "Oh yeah, you know, Unicorns already out and done. I should just watch <laughs> it." And yeah. Mm-hmm. it's 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 and i i think that they keep the uh <laughs> consistency between the animation like even though it's mm-hmm. like whatever like eight years <laughs> between like the first and the last episode the yeah. animation consistency is like very good between the, the all the years and it it's impressive And i mean they keep
1: the same crew through all those years um and it is it's just solid like um you know, there is use of, th- of 3D and CG, um, which we aren't always the biggest fans of, but it's pretty well integrated.
0: Yeah, I would say I'm always not a fan of it. <laughs> but actually, yeah, you're right. In this, in Unicorn specifically, it does look good enough. Like mm-hmm. pa- It passes my test where I'm like, all right, it's CG, but it doesn't look so jarring and weird and out of place.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's not disruptive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like we mentioned, it or I guess maybe we didn't mention this, but they share... um, Gundam Unicorn and Gundam 0083 share a mechanical designer with Hajime uh, Katoki. And so... um, Solid mech designs throughout. Um, You see a lot of classic um, mobile suits, and you see some new mobile suits that look awesome. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: Very Zeta and Double Zeta-inspired designs. Absolutely.
1: And... You know the the principal or the primary Gundam Gundam Unicorn, um, everyone's probably familiar with because for a long time it was the Gundam statue in Japan. It still is uh, the Gundam statue. Would, oh, it still mm-hmm. is. Didn't they replace it with the RX-78? No,
0: that's you got it backwards. They replaced the RX-78 with the, with the Unicorn.
1: What about the new one that moves?
0: That's the that's the Unicorn because it turns into Unicorn mode.
1: No, no, no. There's a new one. There's a new new one
0: oh no that's not replaced like a hanger yeah okay oh is that a different spot that's a different spot that's in yokohama
1: oh okay okay my my confusion um yeah so you can actually see a like a life-size version of this that transformed in japan yeah
0: i still haven't gone yet but uh, it's on my list
1: (laughs) yeah um it's this kind of crazy all white design um, but then when it transforms it panels like separate and it glows red Mm -hmm. um or different colors depending on what's going on um (laughs) spoiler alert (laughs) sorry and gundam unicorn has a crazy plot (laughs) but it's also it just works
0: (laughs) yeah that's that's the best way to say it. that's what i thought too i was like i really hope this stupid box is not something stupid Mm -hmm. but it wasn't so
1: yeah um set the stage there's um you know, it, it Gundam Unicorn opens in space at a space colony um you we meet these kids who are part of a, a training program in the Federation um the main character Wait, is Well no it's not yeah.
0: the Federation, right? It's an Anaheim Electronics like like Oh, is it like, like a trade school? Trade school, yeah.
1: That makes sense. Um so they're they're kids because it's Gundam. They're always going to be kids. And the kid that kind of stands out is this guy named Banarj Links.
0: Gundam name. (laughs) Yeah,
1: super Gundam name. Um, And he sees this girl fall through the sky, and so he jumps into action and rescues her. And this girl uh, says her name is Audrey Burns. Um, (laughs) Gundam name. And that kind of (laughs) kicks off um, the whole craziness of the show because it It turns out that um, Banarj is actually the son of um, someone associated with this kind of like clandestine organization that's building the Unicorn Gundam, Um, and so he's actually the one that's been kind of set up to pilot it, Um, and it also turns out that Audrey Burns is Minerva Zabi, (laughs) the heir to the Principality of Zeon uh, and the Zabi family. Oh, her! So... yeah (laughs) oh her um dolza's daughter yeah i will die for her um and what unicorn becomes is this exploration of how did the space colonies come to be how did the federation come to be what what rights to self-governance do space noids have and you know, what is, the, what is the scarred history that created this world? Um, and so through the course of the story and, and the first episode or two, um, you learn that the Unicorn Gundam contains this thing called the Laplace's Box. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm with you so far. Su- supposedly, whatever is in it could threaten the very existence of the Federation. Um and to open the box, they have to the, the unicorn Gundam responds to Bernard, who's like the key. Um, or the he's not really the key because they're looking for the key. It's confusing. Yeah. Um but he's one of the keys. But ben, yeah. Bernard is the is the pilot that can get the unicorn Gundam to work. Um it has the Unicorn Gundam has this lap plus the lap plus uh <laughs> mm-hmm. system <laughs> that uh locks anybody else out. Um, it's also equipped with psycho frame technology, which for those sh- uh, who remember, um, Char's counterattack that was something that Char was experimenting with. And he gave to Amuro, but um, Amuro put into the new Gundam. Um,
0: yeah. So it's all, it's like
1: super deep Gundam lore.
0: It's that, that blood technology that was built on the backs of crippling the minds of many young people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs>
1: it's, it's great. Um, so they have to go on this quest to visit these coordinates that the unicorn Gundam gives out. And each time they go to a new place, it's like historically significant to the universal century. Um, it takes them to the, um, the space, the remains of a, of a space of like a space station that was the first Federation's prime ministers, like residence. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's what kind of kicks the story off. It takes them to Australia Um, where the colony was dropped. It takes them to some, like, famous battle sites from the One Year War, um, all in the quest to find out what's in the Laplace's box. Uh, And, you know, there's a bunch of characters you meet along the way. There's people on the Federation side. Bright Noah um, enters the picture eventually to kind of, yeah, (laughs) to as kind of he's still with Lundo Bell. Um, the organization that's formed in Double Zeta and plays a major role in Char's counterattack um, you know there's some neon Zeon forces led by this guy named Full Frontal mm-hmm. who Great isn't bang. Char
0: <laughs> isn't Char, isn't naked
1: so. isn't Char, isn't naked yeah, <laughs> but is full, named Full Frontal um, there's some like mercenary Zeon forces that show up at the space colony trying to get the Unicorn Gundam um, also, capture Audrey Burns because she escaped from them. Um, or she escaped with them. Hmm. I need to rewatch the first episode. I think she's she's brought there and then she runs away from them. Um, but she's not necessarily their captive or enemy. But. Gundam. Like, I, I almost don't want to discuss the plot too much because I think people should watch Gundam Unicorn. Yeah. It's really good. But. I, I do want to talk about... I want
0: to talk about it, though, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So,
0: like...
1: I think Gundam Unicorn has my single favorite, like, episode of a Gundam show. Um, and that is the... Um, oh, I need the. Uh, it's called The Depths of the Gravity Well. And I think it's episode, like... 4 5
0: is that when they go to the wh- where he's eating dinner with the family?
1: No, different episode. Um oh, though when they're on the space station that's so good though. There's so many good episodes. So the ep- my favorite episode um they so in a sequence of events um Banarj in the Unicorn Gundam Rendezvous with this group of um, Xeon rebels um, under the command of. Let me get his name. Um, Subero Zinnerman. Um, He's the captain of the ship called the Garan Sears, which is like a. they're, They're the group that attacked the space colony in the beginning. Um, and through a turn of events, Benarge hooks up with them and they crash land into earth. They crash land into like kind of the middle East. Mm -hmm. Um, and the episode opens with like this urban city getting attacked, which is a diversion to make everybody not pay attention to the ship crashing. Um, and then they set up this operation where the Gundam has to go to, um, the crash i guess they land mm-hmm. in australia they must because they have to go to um the crater mm-hmm. where the colony landed when zeon forces yeah. started the one-year war yeah the original um, uh yeah colony drop yeah the original colony drop um and so in order to create a diversion to let them do that they kind of call upon all the sleeper cell zeon forces still on earth um to kind of attack this military base and distract them um and so you have a bunch of soldiers who were never able to put the one-year war behind them mobilize and kind of seek their vengeance in a in a military strike um and it's some of the best mobile suit action in the entire gundam canon
0: yeah it's it's a very good sequence
1: so good And it's also so depressing. (laughs) It's like so sad. Yeah. Because like while they have the, while they're superior pilots, they're in inferior mobile suits. They're just like so.
0: Take basically, they raided the local museum of their yeah, and they're just like fighting the modern ass military. Cutting edge. (laughs) GMS,
1: yeah. And so while they have, while they have the element of surprise, they're winning. But then the second, like, one mobile suit takes out a majority of them yeah. once the proper pilot gets in gets in it.
0: Yeah, it's like, what if all these, like, a bunch of grandpas were just like, oh, you know, I still have my F-4 from Vietnam. <laughs> I'm going to just attack <laughs> the United States military. And, like, the F-22s just, like, blow them out of the sky. It's <laughs> like, oh, shit. <laughs> Guess <Yeah>. we
1: can't. <laughs> oh, it's brutal. Um,
0: but it's a great like, I don't know, concept. Just like, mm-hmm. what if we just try to attack him with all of our old shit? It's like, that's not going to work. <laughs> but they're, they're heroes for trying.
1: Yeah. So good. So over the course of things, um, and let's just say, okay, at this point, uh, Gundam Unicorn, animation, excellent. Story, excellent. Characters, very cool. Uh, it does justice to both... It really does justice to the Xeon side, uh, and there's still some really good Federation pilots in the Lundo Bell crew. Um, So take all that. We're going to get into some spoiler territory now because there are some stuff I definitely want to talk about with Gundam Unicorn. Okay. Um, So over the course of the show and going through all these different places, um, ultimately what they discover is that the... Laplace Box is a uh, original copy, like kind of cast in... It, w- it was meant to be like this monument inside the Prime Minister's residence um, of the original Federation Constitution or Charter. Mm-hmm. And it states that should the Space Noids ever kind of seek independence the federation should let them do it. Wait. Right?
0: I thought it was if uh well, it was under the stipulation like if a new if a new evolution oh, of a humanity new race of people. Yeah. like is to emerge from this move into space that we mm-hmm. are to let them like govern themselves.
1: Right, right. That's the the right way to put it. Yes. And Um, listeners from the other two shows will know that a key piece of Gundam is this idea of a new type. Um, Someone who has some extra sensory, extra senses and kind of psychic abilities. Um, It happens to make them kind of, if they want to be a bit more proficient at piling mobile suits, but it's really more about emotional uh, connections and, these psychic links with other new types
0: yeah like shared um, empathy from all around the world
1: yeah uh amuro rey was a new type char on not a new type oh, he was a new type new type yeah um Benarge links new type and so the whole fight the the philosophical foundation of the principality of zeon um are the kind of lectures and teachings of Shar's father, (laughs) um, Zeon And he kind of made the argument that new types exist, uh, and laid that groundwork. And so this, the existence of this statement in the foundational law of the Federation saying that, you know, if new types emerge in space, we got to let them kind of determine their own future, um, directly counters how the Federation has engaged with space right and it's interesting because <laughs> you're <laughs> how, how did you feel about that reveal <laughs> that it amounts to a piece of paper
0: uh I liked it I thought it was great because I throughout the course I mean it's eight, eight, eight the series is eight episodes of one hour each so I'm eight uh, hours seven, into this, okay. and I'm just like if the reveal the reveal better be like some thinking thing and not some mm-hmm. like it's the ultimate cannon that can blow <laughs> up the earth and i was just like you cracking a-
1: open and it's the Edeon. yeah
0: that's what i didn't <laughs> want it to be like some kind of like stupid or or if it was aliens i was gonna lose my shit <laughs> <laughs> um dick
1: culture yeah
0: god damn it no <laughs> venom doesn't have that Macross has that
1: yeah (laughs) so uh
0: when i i liked it i was like oh that's cool so like it's all because it plays into the whole conspiracy of the federation being evil which i already subscribed to Mm -hmm. um and yeah and it's not like it's like such an ambiguous thing like well it has the power to do a lot of things depending on how you use it well like that could be anything but mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. like super specific like uh it's just information which you can apply that to any information it can be used however you want to enact specific outcomes so yeah it just depends on what they do with the information
1: yeah i i agree i think it was like it was i i found it really amusing how much um was kind of spent to retrieve it and the whole thing is like anaheim electronics the Vist organization um zeon forces federation forces they're all fighting over this um and like the the federation and anaheim electronics they want to bury it they want to like destroy the unicorn gundam um sweep this under the rug make sure it's never let out because of what they've perpetrated in defense of or in pursuit of keeping the space colonies um the stat- under status the quo, essentially yeah yeah and like keeping control of them um and whereas it's like god you guys suck <laughs> it's zion was right the whole time they had all of this like you know they actually did have the moral ground to see i mean I think even without this they had the moral ground to seek independence. Yeah, but of course. this is like
0: you don't need some some yeah some plaque to tell me what's <laughs> right and wrong. Like
1: mm-hmm. but
0: you now have like legal precedent. <laughs> yeah. And so that's the, the point. It's like just like the knowledge by itself does nothing. But mm-hmm. I don't know, like the will of the people in the democratic process couldn't be vastly like changed. Right. But that's also what they warn against. They're like, well, if you just tell everyone, it could lead to a revolution with more bloodshed. So, like, what are you going to do?
1: Right. And the interesting thing is, like, Gundam Unicorn was extremely popular. Um, And we're getting... We got Gundam Narrative, which is technically a sequel to Unicorn um, because it's an adaptation of another book in the series. Uh, We're getting Hathaway's Flash, which follows the Unicorn timeline. Um and so we are seeing a continuation of the the UC. Like we're seeing a resurgence in um instead of pursuing these like alternate century Gundams where it's like Gundam Seed, Gundam Double O, all these things, I think those have finally run their course and we're back to the universal timeline as what the focus for the Gundam project is. Um and I'm super excited for what that potential future means because it's like Cool. Let's see the ramifications of opening this box. Like, give us that. Show us what, uh, like UC One Fifty is gonna be like. Like, jump us ahead and show us what. Well. You know.
0: Well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they kind of shot themselves in the foot by making things like Victory Gundam, because Shh. because we know <laughs> what UC One Fifty is gonna be like.
1: I know. And it,
0: it's not good. <laughs>
1: They can just retcon it; <laughs> it's fine. We
0: could, yeah. We can just like have a s- split off timeline to be like, uh, well, this is the good timeline, actually. Before I, yeah, before I uh, decided to like solidify what's gonna happen. Yeah. And we man, and, I keep yeah, like Gista and G technically also happens way in the future.
1: Technically, yes, that is true. So. Um, we're not. I'm really torn because like I watched a lot of um G-Recco. <laughs> not gonna I'm not gonna try and say it's full name. Um and I remember liking it, but I also don't wanna go back and like sit through a Tamino Gundam <laughs> after
0: I remember not like, liking it. I remember trying really hard to like it. Yeah. But it was so crazy, like the narrative like I couldn't follow what was happening and it was so hard i had a
1: really hard time following it
0: and i was just like what is happening here yeah but uh yeah so i like to live with knowledge like just like the uh uh what do you call it unicorn gundam setting Mm -hmm. is like the present and near future yeah and, like that's where i can just like live comfortably knowing yeah everything is like this now absolutely like i don't care about what happens with the crossbone vanguard in a hundred <laughs> years like don't worry about it I'm just <laughs> just gonna
1: yeah <laughs> it's fine they didn't know what they were doing back then <laughs> like they yeah. figured it out yeah they've gotten real authors to write these stories <laughs> like uh yeah and i i'm sitting here and i'm like i keep Thinking about all of the amazing battles in Unicorn, there's the really good one, you know, in the depths of the gravity well. Um, there's some amazing space fights, like the the last space fights in the last few episodes are just phenomenal. Like seeing Xeon forces kind of go head to head against the Federation um, for the first time in years, like first time in decades. Um, it's just so so much great mech design and like certainly like one of the things you always have to remember is like at a certain level they are trying to sell model kits but like i would buy all these model kits yeah right like there's (laughs) just so much great um it's interesting because at one point in the uc timeline the z the principality of zeon is making the most advanced mobile suits and they're making a bunch of different varieties and a bunch of different kinds um whereas the federation is just like we got the gm we got the gundam (laughs) we got the gundam ground type and so they are all these like they're very like similar and then so when you get these these fights between the federation which is all these like uniform mech designs and then the zeon forces which are kind of like ragtag and and put together um they're all like eclectic and awesome. Mm. And so it's almost harder for the Federation to fight them. Cause they don't know how to engage this like claw wielding Zaku and this goof. <laughs> like they're just so like out of sorts. Uh, I love it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. Uh, I'm glad to hear that you liked Unicorn Gundam. I thought you w- yeah. would after finishing it. I'm like, yeah, you're going to like this cause it's a thinking show which I enjoy. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's... Oh, go on.
1: Well, I was... No, uh, absolutely in line with what you're saying. Um, yeah, it really... There's some amazing conversations between Banarj and other soldiers. like Because he's just some kid who doesn't really know what's going on, and then he encounters a bunch of veterans.
0: Right. And I like that he's uh. not like the ace pilot who like... Mm-hmm joins the organization and fights the bad guys i like that he's just like a kid and him and uh minava zabi just like mm-hmm. go around on their little treasure hunt adventure together <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's pretty cool and they all, the ex- entire purpose of the gundam being strong is like literally to like have people trying to interfere with their treasure hunt like fuck fuck off like they make mm-hmm. them go away so they can continue their treasure hunt Like that's like the entire purpose of the Gundam being strong in the first place is like, it needs to be like self-reliant or self (laughs) self able to like expel intrusion from Mm -hmm. opening the box. So that's why it's strong.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's an excellent point. Cause he's not really, I mean the unicorn Gundam enhances his ability to use it. So he's been trained on like more maintenance robots. You see him pilot one in the beginning. Um, But, you know, the the Unicorn Gundam, because it only responds to him, augments his ability because it has the Psycho Frame and it has just like autopilot, basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It just does. It just like gets him to the next point. Like, that's its job. Yeah. Uh, It's cool. I liked it. I like all of it. I enjoy the political intrigue Mm -hmm. and the confirmation all along that we knew that the Federation was up to no good um anaheim electronics is not to be trusted which we also knew all no. along
1: yeah uh, i mean we're land- that's kind of like the key thing in 0083 yeah is that anaheim is like making new mechs for the federation while selling new mechs to the Xeon forces
0: yeah they were doing that since the one-year war though
1: yeah that's a big thing in zeta too uh,
0: so you can't trust these like uh defense contractors is what i've also learned mm-hmm. from in real life so it's pretty much the same or profiteers yeah uh yeah so basically yeah, yeah. so now that you've watched the all the important gundams mm-hmm. what what side of the of the camp do you fall on
1: One second. <laughs> <laughs> so i like we've discussed this a little bit in the first two parts but like i've always been kind of ride or die federation i have been a hardliner. Um, yeah absolutely like you're basically basque
0: home um, over here <laughs> saying you're just like do whatever it takes for the federation to win <laughs> we're all like dude what are you talking about <laughs> i've come to see
1: the air in my ways and i have to say that the zeon forces uh ...are a lot better. (laughs) Um, They're... Like, they're motivated... You can understand their motivation. Yeah. It's impossible to understand what the Federation's motivation is outside of maintaining the status quo, which makes them cops, and cops are terrible. Right. And
0: and their status quo in the first place, they just kind of fell into it. Yeah. Because, like, they're just a governing body on the Earth that sanctioned Mm -hmm. the space colonies. Yeah. And then they're like, okay... Now we own them.
1: <laughs> yeah, and there's this great, so like, my favorite episode, um, "The Depths of the Gravity Well" of Gundam Unicorn. Um, there's this amazing conversation between Binarge and um, the captain of the of that Zeon force, um, Zennerman Because and like, he's taking he's, you know, Binarge is all down on himself because he accidentally killed. Uh, one of Zenterman's, um pilots. And um, he, so he takes Menards with him to walk through the desert to go get reinforcements. And like they start talking about loss and war and what the hope of the space colonies was. And it's like, yeah, the Earth was just kind of super polluted, overpopulated. It was very hard for everybody to live here. And so what we did is we went to space and we wanted to make a new system, and we both like a system that would work for us was born there, but the system here wanted to hold on to us and keep us, you know, tied to this old way of doing and thinking, and so that like that can't exist. Like those things can't. There's gonna be conflict if you try to do that. You have to let go, um, and I'm like, damn. The motivation for the Xeon forces is so much better than the federation um and like i what i should say is like at the top of each of each group are bad people like gehern zabi really gets or garen zabi really gets out there like his own father is like that sounds like hitler and he's like maybe he was right um and So it's like, okay, at the top of the pyramid, maybe these people aren't so great, but the soldiers, like the Zeon soldiers are fighting for like true independence and like self-determination for themselves. And it's really hard for me to fault them.
0: Sure. And I mean, like Zeon Daikum in the first place, like, you know, outlined his ideals and like what Zeon should be. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, as it goes in every situation, it was co-opted. And grifted yep. by these by the the uh, zombies <laughs> to like do their own thing. They just want power, but I feel like they wanted. I mean, they okay. They wanted their own independent power. Yes, right, sure.
1: <laughs> and if, but they still wanted independence for their people.
0: Exactly, right. So they're they wanted the power, but their goal would have accomplished like a net good. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. It's still like justified until, yeah. until Gehern is just like, well, we're going to start killing off the new non new types. Like that's, yeah, that's, that's, like, that's fucked up. But uh, which, you know, <laughs> he's worry, the he's only one who of. won that <laughs> and everyone else is like, Oh, whoa, yeah. what? <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. And it's, it's definitely worth noting that Minerva Zabi as the heir to that family has seen so much more and so much of the damage caused by what her family did. Um, and so I don't think that she would follow that same line of thinking. Oh, no,
0: she definitely doesn't.
1: which yeah. is
0: why Char never wanted to murder her.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he has such an such an interesting reaction to meeting her in Zeta Gundam.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, Char also matures. How old is he in mm-hmm. in the One Year War? Like nineteen or something?
1: He's young. I was looking at a timeline. Um, so his father is assassinated in UC sixty eight. Yeah. Yeah, and then, so, and he's, like, he's, like, five or six. So, by the time Zeta rolls around in he's six. Well, no, like,
0: in in the w- one-year war, how old is he?
1: Oh, in the one-year war, yeah, he's he can't be more than 25.
0: Yeah, he's definitely less than 25. So, he's, like, a young man with hot emotions. Yeah. And he definitely, so, he gets his original re- revenge, which he, you know, does. But he, mm-hmm. he mellows out. Obviously, by his character in Zeta, he mellows out.
1: <laughs> totally. But uh Quattro Vagina.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's what I order at Taco Bell every time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man.
0: Um it's good stuff. I love Gundam. Yeah. I liked I really, really, I do. really liked Unicorn as a good in cap on like the whole yeah. saga.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I like saying, I told you so.
1: (laughs) You were right. Everybody was right. You know, Josh is listening to this. Josh was right. Chaz is listening to this. Chaz was right. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. Uh, I was wrong this whole time.
0: Yeah, but now, now circling all the way back to the beginning of this podcast, Mm -hmm. where uh, there's no more rivals. (laughs) How do we... Yeah, Full Frontal is
1: really not a rival, but... Full frontal has his like lackey guy. Um
0: Oh well, I was actually heads? I was referring to like you and I.
1: <laughs> oh, I see. Where's Oh the yeah, cuz there's no there's no headbutting about this. Yeah,
0: now it's just like Yeah. <laughs> let's, it's kind of like sure. it's like that it's like the moment in when you're watching uh uh Gundam Wing at the very end. Or, mm-hmm. I guess is it the end? Is is it the end of Wing or the beginning of Endless Waltz where they like reveal that they they're destroying their Gundams and sending them into the sun because like um, they don't need to have war anymore. I think that's the beginning of endless walls. I'm just like, what? <laughs> but Gundams are cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Maybe it is the end of Gundam.
0: No, cause no, the end is like, right, they just like destroy them. It Libra. must be the
1: voiceover. Cause like you just hear, you just see hero like in disguise.
0: Yeah. So they do. Okay. So anyway, but,
1: it must be endless Waltz.
0: So anyway, yeah, they destroy the Gundams and you're just like, but the Gundams are cool, but Universal yeah. Peace is cooler. So that's for the alternate. Yeah, yeah. So, like in this situation, it's like, well, I liked having the rivalry, but
1: yeah, yeah,
0: having you be Peace on the right nice. side of history is better. <laughs> right, so I right, guess It's fine.
1: <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Yeah. And I've come around on... I mean, the Zaku is an amazing design. And all the iterations of the Zaku are all great. I know. I, I, There's only so many, so many GMs you can look at. Yeah,
0: GMs look the same all the time. And it's annoying. Zeon mobile suits look like wild and wacky every single time. Yeah. Some of them are cool. Some of them are really stupid. But, you know, that's how it goes.
1: Absolutely how it goes.
0: <laughs> well, good. So, yep. so it's resolved.
1: We did it. Gundam. Gundam. In the box. <laughs>
0: Now we can do a bonus episode later on if you want to watch Double Zeta with me.
1: Oh, damn. Don't tempt me. Chaz (laughs) is watching Double Zeta. Oh, yeah?
0: I think he almost finished it. That's awesome. And he's like, it does get really good at the end. So... Yeah. I guess we can trust him. I mean, that's what everybody says.
1: Yeah. That's what everybody's told me. And it's on the list. I need to do it as I hop around. Um, I... It took a lot of like control and be like no I have other things I need to accomplish today to not rewatch all of Unicorn Gundam after I rewatch my favorite <laughs> episode. I was like I could do it. It's only 7 hours. It's so
0: good. The score is good. The animation <laughs> yeah. is good. The voice is good. It just it's yep. great. It's like the culmination of everything really that good. should have been.
1: Yep. Uh, I'm glad we did this. Yeah. Glad we did Gundam.
0: Yeah. It was a good. It was a good uh good retrospective i think and whether or not we've convinced anyone to watch gundam it's anyone's guess yeah probably not everyone's just gonna be like robots are dumb i'm gonna go watch <laughs> i don't know whatever moe moe Kyun kune time <laughs> is up next
1: i don't even think that's in vogue anymore we just dated ourselves
0: <laughs> yeah what are the kids watching
1: i don't know ray zero is <laughs> Re-Zero.
0: good though that's fine I don't know what the kids are watching. Yeah. Uh, That'll be our next special report. What the kids are watching. What are the kids watching?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Leave us a comment uh, and let us know what your kids are watching. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you are a child. Yeah. Tell us uh, what's cool.
0: So we can remain hip. What's hip? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That's it. That's all we got.
1: That's all we got. Uh, that's Gundam. That's
0: Gundam. So uh, leave us a comment, as Kenny said, uh, at our website at www.annybrowspodcast.com. Or if you were so you can, sick of this and you never <laughs> want to hear Gundam again, but you still want to support our uh, gl- growing channel, I guess you could call it, uh, go to uh eh, eh, Nope, not that one. www.annybrowscreative.com. <laughs> there we go and uh listen to other people talk about stuff uh because yeah i mean there's guarantee let's let's place our bets right now i'm gonna post this episode Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna say plus or minus two days uh jen and in her infuriating timing will one-up me and bury my (laughs) episode (laughs) by one every time happens check check right now it's always like within three days she like puts a new one in i think it's because
1: we don't pay attention to the schedule <laughs> or that they have a schedule and we don't
0: no because th- i'm sure there isn't a new episode right now but as soon as i post one there'll be one that's <laughs> it always happens like this and i don't understand
1: but hey there's our rival yeah th-
0: there you go <laughs> <laughs> their rival so i'm just gonna wait until they post theirs and i'm gonna post ours right above it
1: perfect perfect <laughs> <laughs> The healthy way to do it, <laughs> you know, passive uh, aggressive. Yeah, what I've
0: learned from Japan is be <laughs> passive aggressive and uh, don't cause conflict, but uh, there we go, but caught but cause animosity, silent animosity. Mm. That's what I've learned. Perfect, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and folks can find us on Twitter, um, at any bros creative, uh, and you can find me on Twitter at sakoku underscore otaku.
0: Yep, I'm on Twitter at Uh that's it. That's all I got.
1: Perfect. We need... Uh, I should have queued up the uh, approaching mobile suit. <laughs>
0: uh, I can put that in. Do you want that? Do where, it. Where do you want that? Here now or at the beginning?
1: All the time. Just, all the time. It's just like... <laughs> it's periodically throughout. Okay. It's like the most nostalgic Gundam sound.
0: The, the most nostalgic one for me is the... Uh, all the sounds from Gundam Wing are the, the nostalgic sounds for mm, me. Sure. <laughs> okay. Well, fantastic. Let's let's end it.